Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back to the Land of Bourbon and Bad Decisions. This is Relentless Daring live on Podbean.com and the Podbean app. Thank you for joining me. Ladies and gentlemen, the world is going to hell in a handbasket as we speak. Uh, the digital book burnings have begun. Um, earlier this week, Paramount TV, formerly known as Spike, formerly known as... A million other things at one point. I believe it was TNN, the Nashville Network. Uh, they have gone and gotten rid of the show, Cops. And I, I've got an article that I'm going to be uh, delving into from the wonderful, wonderful people at... I can figure the right thing to look at. Uh, one, find wonderful people at Esquire. Sean's ass cops, huh? Like, yeah, cops is gone. Live PD is gone off of A and E. Um. Right now, there's an effort to remove Chase, the German Shepherd character from Paw Patrol, because we can't have anything good involving police. I'm amazed that we haven't seen the public lynching. I'm sorry, poor choice of words. The public pillorying. Pillorying. Something like that. Of Tom Selleck for playing a police captain on Blue Bloods. Because you can't have cops who are portrayed as good people. They all have to be bad. Because all you see now on TV is, the cops are so bad. And it's just getting so obnoxious. The, The virtue signaling of media, be it, you know, or through social media of these corporations. I mean, John Deere. John Deere bent the knee. And, and I used to use that jokingly because from uh, Game of Thrones. Will you bend the knee to me, your new king? Well, now it's not so much as bending the knee to the new king. It's which idol are you going to are you going to bend the knee to? Whether it be a literal bending of the knee like you've seen so many people doing with cops and National Guard out in front of these protesters. 
or virtue signaling congresswomen and senators in the emancipation room of the Capitol in their nice fancy kente cloth scarves you know would someone had pointed out that those scarves in particular those colors in particular are part of the, come from the Ashanti people of Ghana those people who were traded uh, several hundred thousand weapons in exchange for slaves from the Portuguese huh Ugh, crazy I, I, I sorry I had a moment of looking at history and going <laughs> you people don't know what you're doing anyway I don't want to dive into this I get power to stop sent, sending up notifications on my phone which if you're not on power just check it out this is not a paid advertisement. It's just something I like to use. I'm not on it near as often as I should be compared to, say, Twitter or Facebook. But uh, getting to this Esquire article, the title, Let's Topple the Racist Monuments of Culture. Paramount Network has canceled cops after 31 years. A&E trashed Live PD and HBO Max has removed Gone with the Wind from its platform. In response to nationwide protests against police brutality, Paramount Network canceled the historically racist, law enforcement glorifying true crime series Cops this week. On, H on Wednesday, HBO Max pulled Gone with the Wind. Donald Trump's favorite romanticization of slavery. That's actually in parentheses in the article. I'm not making this up. From its streaming platform. And immediately, conservatives were outraged to see such staples of American entertainment made slightly less accessible than they were two weeks ago. As they have with their beloved Confederate monuments. Okay, first of all, stop myself because I um I almost had to uh, give myself an explicit language warning for when I put this out as a podcast. Kim says, "Hmm, sounds like they were totally objective." Yeah, I agree. First of all, if if anyone should be freaking out about the memorialization of of the Confederacy. They should be mad, not at conservatives. They should be mad at Democrats. Why is that? Oh, because the Democrats are who made up the Confederate states. No, don't be wrong. Not everyone who was a who lived in the Confederate states were Democrats, but their political leadership was. It was the Democrat political leadership. Who, I don't know, in Tennessee named, I don't know how much crap, after General William Bedford Forrest. The guy who led a raid on Fort Pillow and killed every black and white soldier there, whether they were surrendering or fighting. They're, they're the ones... Who built these people up? Who wanted the institutions known as slavery to stay? 
It's the crazy liberals who don't know history who are going up on the statue of Matthias Baldwin and throwing paint in its face without realizing that, oh, Matthias Baldwin, he was an abolitionist. He fought to end slavery. These are the people who went to Shaw's regiment, to the Shaw's regiment monument, and they defaced it, not knowing that Shaw's regiment was the first all-black volunteer infantry regiment in the United States Army. But us conservatives, we just have to have our Confederate statues. Oh, my, the vapors. Uh, The vapors are just hitting so hard right now. For those of you who don't know, there is a 15-year-old girl sitting across the room who is about to fall out of her chair laughing at her father. I'm doing good. But, and if you ask any conservative their opinion on Confederate statues, we don't want to venerate William Bedford Forrest Robert E. Lee, Stonewall Jackson. However, I think we should know who they are. If Fort Jackson, South Carolina, wants to maintain its name, so we so we can go, yes, we do not agree with the political ideologies that he held. However, he was an amazing general, and we kind of want to honor that military legacy then they should be able to do it. Same with Fort Bragg, Fort Hood, uh, so many others. Sean says, what does venerate mean again? Uh, To hold up in high regard, to esteem, if you will. But, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. No one looks at Fort Hood and immediately associates Fort Hood with whoever General Hood was back in the Civil War fighting for the Confederacy. It's a going a long ways towards uh, trying to erase history. And, you know, history doesn't repeat itself, but it does rhyme. Um, in our Bible study, we've been learning about how According to the Jewish faith, history does not, no, it doesn't repeat itself. It's not linear, it's circular. These things, they come back around. But the people who want to rip down these statues, they're the same people who do something crazy like, I don't know, in Seattle. They have put up a statue of Vladimir Lenin. Just gonna let that sink for a second. They put up a statue of Vladimir Lenin, the first of the so-called democratic socialists. I say that because he is a self-proclaimed democratic socialist, where he led a vicious, bloody revolution to overthrow the czars. Because a revolution not based on ideologies but on covetousness. 
<gasps> Look what the czars have. Look what the rich have. Do you know why they don't have a classic Russian watches? It's because the Soviets killed all the artisans. And they also stole all the food from the farmers because workers of the of manufacturing and laborers of the field unite and stuff. You know, take all their food and let them starve. Oh, wait, wait, you can't bring up the Holodomor because the Holodomor is, was Nazi propaganda against those evil socialists, those evil communists in the Soviet Union. Even though it's, you know, actually factual, you know. But then again, you have the same liberal yuppies like, I don't know, Walter Durante, who was the, the, uh, he was the, uh, he, he worked the Moscow desk for New York Times, and he wrote these glowing reviews, and, oh, yeah, th there's people dying from malnutrition, but there's not a famine going on in the Ukraine. It, you know, and that was a time of erasing history as it was happening. And even then, it's still completely ignored now. And now, this article, it, it goes on to say that cops unfairly portrayed after minorities as being primarily responsible for violent crime. Well... That may be true from your perspective till you actually look at statistics. 40% of violent crime is committed by one racial group, African Americans, primarily against other African Americans. But saying that this show is portraying that is wrong when the statistics bear it out? Maybe I'm just dumb. I don't know. And it is a strong possibility. I mean, I am me. But going on... Mm -hmm. Going on this article, but both Cops and Gone with the Wind are only two examples of an entertainment industry that has elevated the stories and perspectives of white and in many cases racist, Americans over those of BIPOC. If you don't know what BIPOC is, I actually had to look this up because I've seen this in several articles when doing my show prep five minutes ago. Um, BIPOC is black, indigenous, persons of color. Now, because apparently everyone has to be lumped in, I'm assuming the author... Mr. Matt Miller, the culture editor. Oh, look, a shocker of shockers. It's a white dude. Because there's nothing that says I'm not racist than white condescension and white knighting. Oh, well, these black and indigenous people of color, they need me to stand up for them because I'm white and I can speak through to my white people and I can explain to them why what they're doing is wrong. 
No, you just come off as a pretentious, smarmy douche. Mr. Matt Miller, culture editor of Esquire magazine. But it's absolutely ridiculous, though, that Yeah, we have to look at things. Like I said, are are they going to come after books that have challenging themes? I mean, a huge, huge challenging thing. Are they going to come after To Kill a Mockingbird? That just got a shocked glance from my daughter. And the reason I say that is because what is the the main story arc of To Kill a Mockingbird. A disabled black sharecropper is accused of raping a white woman. Now, he's acquitted. Spoiler alert. He is acquitted. But, I mean, this is obvious white paranoia. I mean... Are we are we going to have to get rid of that book? Are we going to have to digitally burn it? Are we going to have actual book burnings like 1930s Hitler Germany? Because oh, we, we people are just too dumb to figure these things out on their own. <laughs> I are, are they going to come after you know Tom Sawyer and Huckleberry Finn because these are books that hold that hold opinions that for the 1870s were common. They used language that was common at the time. But they're still challenging notions. Wait, a white boy and, and a runaway slave? They just floating down the river trying to get to Cairo, Illinois to, so he can be free? I mean, or, you know, Tom Sawyer, uh, they had, what was it, what character was it, Injun Joe, Indian Joe, I, it's been a while since I read it, but, oh my god, they're, they called him Injun, that is so racist and anti-Native American, well, it's also for the time it was written, common parlance. I don't think Mark Twain was going out of his way to, you know, to, you know, to idealize these attitudes. But when, when's it going to come? What's going to be next? Um, there's a lot of people who on Twitter after, you know, Gone with the Wind was announced it was going to be taken down. But, ladies and gentlemen, I have have it on good authority that HBO Max will put Gone with the Wind up because it is a classic. I mean, uh, I forgot her name, but uh, one Hattie McDaniel, Hattie McDaniel was the first African-American woman to win an Oscar for her role in that movie. But that movie's so evil. It makes only slaves look like a romantic thing. Kind of like uh, 
uh, Song of the South from Disney. Where it was set in Reconstruction Era General South. Where, you know, there's an old black man who used to be a slave. And, you know, he's still friendly with the kids of the former slave owner. I mean, that's been that's been canceled for years because, oh, my gosh, that's just so wrong. Or the crows on the original Dumbo. Yeah, you've seen the original Dumbo. I've seen just about everything till I've seen an elephant fly. Yeah, that's because that's a horrible stereotype of black people. But then a lot of people on Twitter started asking about blazing saddles. Oh wait, what are they are they gonna go after blazing saddles next? And then you had the smart crowd. <laughs> well, you would never go after blazing saddles because that is a well written commentary on anti racism and anti white paranoia. And it was plus it was co written by a black man. You may have heard of him, Richard Pryor, yes. But these are the th- But how long is it until it, we don't care what the point of the movie was. They have white people saying the N-word. They have a character who's not very bright, whose name is Mongo. Um, presuming short for Mongoloid, which is a very, very horrible name for a person with Down syndrome at the time, you know, at that time and and there's so many tropes in there but how how long how long is it till that one is pulled down it's you know, these are scary things that you know 1984 is happening all around us the new speak you know, we, we can't use the old language because the old language is bad. We can't think the old thoughts because the old thoughts are bad. I'm pretty sure someone's going to listen to this episode of the podcast. And they're going to try to have me canceled because I said that some things that are controversial. Oh, well, it's my right to say it. I'll go down swinging metaphorically. Although possibly, possibly physically, if it came to it, but I will also go down swinging metaphorically or physically for anyone else's right to say anything controversial as well. That's part of living in a free society where you are guaranteed free speech. You know, when certain people got canceled because of. You know, they had horrible ideas. I, you know, Laura Loomer, I'm not a fan of her at all. But I will fight for her right to be crazy, bombastic, insane person. Because, you know, it's her right. Um, Michelle Malkin, she hasn't been canceled. 
I'm not a fan of some of the people that she's a fan of because, you know, they're, quote, alt-right, end quote. But, you know, she has the right to freely associate with those crazy people. And she does say some things from time to time that I do agree with, regardless of who she associates with. And I'm sure, oh, well, you like that she said X thing because X thing you agreed with. So that means you automatically agree with all the crazy things she agrees with. What? Not No. No, it's not, that's not the case at all. I don't know what you're talking about. But, you know, looking at this uh, article, this re-examining of police on TV highlighted how cop dramas like NCIS, Blue Bloods, Law & Order, CSI, and many more have shaped mass audiences' view of police. For decades, most Americans likely know the familiar, kind, and just immoral faces of TV police better than they know the names of the police who have murdered black men and the names of the men they've killed. To Americans, cops are the do-gooder Andy Griffiths of the world and not Derek Chauvin. Quickly, a number of stars who played cops on TV began donating their residuals to support Black Lives Matter movement. And cops has been among TV standards most guilty of glorifying police violence against BIPOC. An early study of the show in 1994 indicated that viewers were more likely to associate people of color with violent crime. It's weird because... The statistics actually bear that one out. You disingenuous turd. Again, I'm working really hard not to say what's actually going through my mind. Keep the inner monologue on the inside, even while I'm talking into a mic. In 2013, the show was first canceled by Fox after a color of change campaign against its continued destructive depictions of policing and crime. But the show was picked up by Spike Network, renamed Paramount where it has remained until this week. And, and uh, lots of blah, blah, blah from Color of Change, blah, blah, blah. But not everyone wants to proclaim that Black Lives Matter, which is kind of the point. Many cling to the phrase, all lives matter, a phrase that, that was, in part, created by the culture that helped sanitize and reframe the black experience through a white lens. To say all lives matter is to regurgitate what they've seen on TV shows where BIPOC commit crimes. All right. So, how ridiculous is this that he, he, ha, he has dehumanized African Americans, black Americans, Hispanic Americans, Native American, he's reduced them to a repeated acronym. He doesn't even have the balls to say black people. Oh, that, that's, I just can't say one thing because, oh my gosh, if, if I don't include everyone, it's like the LGBTQIA2 plus blah, 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 ad infinitum. It, it, black Lives Matters, if these people really believe Black Lives Matter, why aren't they working to, to protect the 7,000 African Americans who are killed at the hands of other African Americans every year? If Black Lives Matter 
Why aren't they working to fix the communities? That to fix the local political scene that has allowed African Americans to be kept in generational poverty poverty for generation after generation. Why don't they fix schools? America spends more money per student on education than any other nation in the country. But none of it, we say we spend that on students, but we're not spending it on students. We're spending it on administrations. We're spending it on teachers' unions. I live Little Podunk School. Little Podunk School gives a decent education. It's not the greatest education. But you know what? My wife graduated from that school. She's working on a master's degree. She has, she has a friend who graduate, that she graduated with. She's a lawyer. Another friend is working on her doctorate. Obviously, it's a decent school because people are able to move on and achieve. So why can't we try to get a model like that into city centers? Oh, oh wait, we tried that through the, through the use of charter schools and through school vouchers. Uh, who was it who went and killed off school vouchers in the District of Columbia? Oh, Barack Obama. Because in his world, black people cannot succeed without the aid of government. That's a lot of people on the left. Oh, black people have to have the government. Hispanics have to have the government. Asians have to have the oh, not the Asians because the Asians are really smart. They can do things on their own. It's ridiculous. If if the Black Lives Matter actually cared black li- cared about black lives, why are they still propping up the racist, eugenist dream of Margaret Sanger and Planned Parenthood? Since 1973, since Roe vs. Wade, Planned Parenthood has killed 16 million African-American babies. But black lives matter. Where the hell are black leaders in front of that murder factory protesting it? Where, where are... Where are the liberal yuppie white college kids out in front of black out in front of Planned Parenthood protesting it for the number of black people it has killed in its existence? Oh, you can't say that. Yes, I can. I could say that because Margaret Sanger's own words about black people, they were human weeds. But we want to prop up Planned Parenthood because what was was it Barack Obama said about his daughters? Oh, if my if my daughter get gets pregnant, she shouldn't be punished with a baby. Well, no, that's not being punished. That's that's called being responsible for your actions. Lyndon Baines Johnson gave us the Great Society. Well. The Great Society also gave us massive dependence on the government. It gave us lots of broken homes because now you don't need to have a man in the home to help provide because you have big daddy government. 
Because if you got Big Daddy government, as uh, Neil Bortz used to call it, you got Big Daddy government. You don't need you don't need a man in the house. You don't need two parents to raise the kids. I mean, you've got you know you have the government supply you with your government cheese and your food stamps and you you do have people out there who little baby mills popping out kids and raking in that welfare money and and that's not just one race that's a lot of races those are the people those are the people that uh margaret sanger would have had sterilized because they obviously are incapable of controlling their carnal urges because they're defectives. I know you you person can listen to this and go, oh my God, how can you say that? Again, it's her own damn words. I want to take a quick break and I will be right back. Be right here after the break. This is Tyler from Relentless Daring, and I am launching the brand new RelentlessDaring.com merch shop. Instead of having to go to a third-party vendor, now you can do everything right there at RelentlessDaring.com. If you want to buy merch, go to RelentlessDaring.com slash shop, and there you can get hats, you can get t-shirts, you can get hoodies, you can get coffee cups, you can get stickers. Go there today to show your love for the Relentless Daring podcast, and as always, stay relentless. All right, getting back into it. I just want to take take a take a brief moment to center myself, find my zen. <sighs> I got a little worked up that uh that first half of the show, and it's just one of those things because you know when you get accused of being not against injustice. It kind of, kind of gets under your skin, and when when the demagoguery just gets aimed at you all the time, it's like, oh, you don't care about black people. You just want old people to die. Insert other ad hominem attack, because they can't make an actual argument, so they have to just attack you. It kind of, it gets frustrating, to put it mildly. So. Uh, another article is this is a uh, another wonderful article from the New York Times. The protests come for Paw Patrol. A backlash is mounting against depictions of good cops on television and in the street. This is from author Amanda Hess. Now, I know I'm I'm assigning gender here. I'm gendering this person, but it appears to be a woman. It appears to be a white woman. White explaining to whiteies about how bad the whiteies are because whiteies got to pay. It was only a matter of time before the protests came for Paw Patrol. 
Paw Patrol is a children's cartoon about a squad of canine helpers. It is basically a pretense for placing household pets in a variety of cool trucks. The team includes Marshall, a firefighting Dalmatian, Rubble, a bulldog construction worker, and Chase, a German shepherd who is also a cop. In the world of Paw Patrol, Chase is drawn to be a very good boy who barks stuff like, Chase is on the case, and all in a police pup's day. As he rescues kittens in his tricked out SUV. But last week, when the show's official Twitter account put out a bland call for black voices to be heard, commenters came after Chase. Euthanize the police dog. Defund the Paw Patrol. All dogs go to heaven, except for the class traitors in Paw Patrol. Really? It's a joke, but it's also not. As the protests against racist police violence enter their third week, the charges are mounting against fictional cops, too, even big-hearted cartoon police dogs. Oh boy, don't ever tell these people about uh, McGruff the crime dog back in the 80s. Oh my God, they'd lose their damn minds. I mean, probably accuse them of being like a flasher or something going around that, you know, full-length trench coat all the time, too. Whew. The effort to publicize police brutality also means banishing the good cop archetype, which reigns on both television and viral videos of the protests themselves. Paw Patrol seems harmless enough, and that's the point. The movement rests on understanding that cops do plenty of harm. The protests arrive in the midst of a pandemic that has alienated Americans from their social ties, family lives, and workplaces new, and intense relationships with content have filled the gap. And now our quarantine consumption are being reviewed with an urgent political eye. The reckoning, the reckoning comes from, has come from newspapers, food magazines, Bravo reality shows, and police procedurals. I, the creator of Monk, criticized his own show because, well, that's just a, just a good-natured goofball. Uh, Griffin Newman, an actor who has appeared in two episodes of Blue Bloods as a detective, donated his whopping $11,000 in earnings to bail fund. Yeah, a bail fund that's not going to protesters. The bail protesters are not being arrested. I should know. I have a friend who went to one of these protests, took her daughter. You know how here is how vicious and horrible the cops were at that protest. They actually passed out bottles of cold water to the protesters. Oh, my God. I'm shook, yo. Shook. All the way to the core of my being because of how despicable and god-awful the cops were to those protesters in San Antonio. They gave them water bottles. I bet if someone was feeling faint, they would have helped them sit down so they wouldn't fall and hurt their head. It's despicable what kind of cops do we have in San Antonio being considerate and helpful to people. Lego has halted marketing on its Lego City Police Station and Police Highway Arrest Sets. Which I didn't know they had one of those. Now I wish I really wish I could get one. Now the live PD has been pulled from A&E. Cops is done. Uh, Now they're working on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. But, and and Brooklyn Nine-Nine, 
not sure if they noticed this or not. But Brooklyn Nine-Nine does have a couple very prominent black actors in it. More notably, Terry Crews. And I'm pretty sure if any of these crazy activists were to tell Terry Crews to take his show and stick it up his ear, he would probably punch them in the face. He's a very large man, and the way he works those pectoral muscles, it's, it's very intimidating to someone who's kind of soft and pudgy like myself. It's just ridiculous. It, I, I I just keep waiting for you know you know for some sort of woke inquisition to come up. You are charged with not being woke enough. Do you convert to the church of all that is man? Or do you hold your position in thinking that you're actually equal in any way and unique as God has created you? I mean, who? Yeah, I, I keep waiting for, keep waiting for, you know, their Torquemada character to come somersaulting down a, down a ramp and break into a song. The Inquisitions, let's begin the Inquisitions. Look out, woke sin. We're on a mission to convert the norms. And the the girl is across the room almost dying right now. It's hilarious. I really wish I had, had set up for camp for video. I would just put a video on her. That way... It'd be far more entertaining than anything coming out of my mouth right now. But that's the worst part about all of this. And then you have the the defund the cop or defund the police movement. Oh well, when we say defund the police, we we don't really mean, you know, taking away cops. We just mean you know redirecting money from the police to other resources. Well, okay, but if you take money from police budgets, what's the fastest way they're going to not spend money they don't have? I mean, they still have to maintain their equipment. They still have to pay for training. They still have to pay for uniforms and retirement fees. Yeah, they, they, they can put off replacing a squad car to the you know, to the next fiscal year. That's fine. But where are they going to cut money the fastest? I don't know. Between thirty and fifty thousand dollars at a time per unit. Oh, officers. You cut you cut the a large police department budget by I don't know, Seattle is proposing half. They're going to cut half their police budget. They have a department of about fourteen hundred people. They're probably gonna lose five to six hundred officers because they can't afford to pay them and no one's going to 
you know, strap on a gun and a body camera and a bulletproof vest and go out and walk the streets and fight crime and police neighborhoods for free. Well, okay, take there are people who'd be willing to do that. They're called vigilantes. And last time I checked, the United States kind of frowns on vigilantes. I mean, regardless of what the final outcome in the Ahmed Arbery case is, whether it's ruled it was justifiable homicide or not, I'm more perturbed that these guys engaged in vigilante justice and they chased him down. Like, like if they caught him at the house and held him till the cops got there, okay, that's fine. But they chased him down and they pulled a gun on him. And then, you know, he fought for the gun and got shot and killed. I, I don't dispute that. But it's just Georgia law allows for vigilante justice, which is what's going to end up happening because that's going to be the only way people are able to maintain order in their towns. It's going to be, you know, the anarchy that the uh, that the crazy people want. That's what they're going to get, and they ain't going to like it. But anyway, there's an opinion article, again, from the New York Times. Opinion. Yes, we mean literally abolish the police. Because reform won't happen. This is from, written by Mariame Kaba. Ms. Kaba is an organizer against criminalization. And I didn't engender her. They did. Congressional Democrats want to make it easier to identify and prosecute police misconduct. Joe Biden wants to give police departments $300 million. But efforts to solve police violence through liberal reforms like these have failed for nearly a century. Enough. We can't reform the police. The only way to diminish police violence is to reduce contact between the public and the police. (gasps) Or you're going to reduce the number of police who then have a much larger job, they're going to be under far greater strain, and you're going to cause more police violence because they're going to be overwhelmed with what they're trying to do. But, hey, what do I know? I've, I've never been in a stressful situation that's caused me to uh, react in a way that I shouldn't, ever. Not once, nope. There is not a single era in the United States history in which police were not a force of violence against black people. Policing in the South emerged from the slave patrols of the 17-1800s that caught and returned runaway slaves. In the North, the first municipal police departments in the mid-1800s helped quash labor strikes and riots against the rich. Well, okay, wait. Uh, okay, labor strikes... Mid 1800. Uh, that sounds like I don't know. Maybe some uh, the rise of communism and stuff. I don't know for sure. And rights against the rich, huh? Weird. It it's almost like you know, rich people have earned their stuff, and they don't want a bunch of people destroying their houses and smashing all their property. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a poor white guy from the woods. What do I know about that? Everywhere they have suppressed and marginalized populations to protect the status quo. So when you see a police officer pressing his knee into the black man's neck until he dies, 
That's the logical result of policing in America. Or maybe it's the logical result of the guy's a douche. Have you ever thought about that? Maybe he's just a bad human being. Maybe it's not all white people bad, black people good, white people can all go to hell. Just a thought. When a police officer brutalizes a black person, he is doing what what he sees as his job. Well, what about when a cop shoots an unarmed white man in the back with an AR-15 five times while he's begging for his life? I suppose he just sees himself as doing his job as well, but it's a white person. Who cares? Because, hey... It's like my boy Carl says. Whitey's got to pay. It's ridiculous. Statistics show over and over again that there's a huge difference between police violence against white people and police violence against black people. Now, I I mentioned earlier in the podcast, nearly 40% of violent crime in the United States is caused or is attributed to African-Americans. Okay? So we have that one. Then, on top of it, you know, they are 14... African-Americans make up 14% of the population. The majority of African-American violent crime is committed by men, so cut that number in half, 7%. You would think there would be a much bigger, uh, a much larger discrepancy between police violence against white Americans versus police violence against black Americans. But if cops are racist, you'd be a lot more, wouldn't there? You you would think. It's the problem is narratives outweigh facts. When you look at last year, 25 white men or white Americans, not necessarily just men. When you look at 25 white men being unjustly killed by police versus nine African-Americans, it's if cops are racist, shouldn't there be more and shouldn't there be more African Americans being killed? If cops are racist with African Americans being responsible for 40% of violent crime, At only seven percent of the population, because it, you know, looking at African American men, shouldn't that number be significantly higher? The fact of the matter is, uh, I forgot what university it was, but there's a university that did a study that shows that cops are much less likely to use force 
And that's force in general, not deadly force, any sort of force. They're much less likely to use force against minorities than against whites. I wonder why that is. Could it possibly be that, I don't know, they're less worried about if, you know, someone gets someone gets scuffed up who's white, who probably shouldn't have been scuffed up. Are they less worried about them causing a stir than, you know, if a black person gets a little scuffed up during a takedown? If there's a cell phone camera, that cop is going to be eviscerated on the evening news? Huh. Possibly. I mean... It's absolutely ridiculous, and you have people who want to not just defund, but abolish police because all police are bad. No. What needs to happen is there needs to be uh, this whole notion of the blue line, the blue shield, the blue wall, where, oh, if you know your buddy did something he's not supposed to as a cop, you don't tell because... you ha- he has to know that you have his back and vice versa. That crap needs to go. Cops protecting bad cops. When you have guys like Derek Chauvin who have a history of roughing up people they're in contact with, not just black people, but white people, not just men, but also women, And they don't get prosecuted for it, and unions protect them and keep them from being fired. That crap needs to stop. There's a lot of institutional changes that can be done that will do a much better job of cutting back on police violence. Better training. Better training on when to apply force. Better training on when to stop applying force. These are the things that will protect people of all races from police violence. Because honestly, any man, woman, child who is unjustly killed by a cop is too many. Regardless of what color their skin is. Regardless of what their genetic makeup says the melanin factor of their skin is going to be. It's just absolutely, it's disgusting, the whole idea. But in an act of true libertarian streak, a Republican Rand Paul introduces the Justice for Breonna Taylor Act to ban no-knock warrants. Uh, to explain backstory, Breonna Taylor... <clears throat> She was killed by cops when they executed a no-knock warrant, which typically a no-knock warrant is what is served when they want to just rush in and be able to grab everyone, just catch them off guard. Uh, She was killed in Louisville when, you know, cops were say, oh, there's people selling drugs at this house. They got the warrant. For the wrong address. They busted in. She thought she was being broken into. She drew, pulled her gun 
and was shot and killed by the cops. So it matters. Uh, in the wake of nationwide protests against killing George Floyd, there's now bipartisan consensus that police reform is necessary. Senate Republicans, led by Tim Scott, are planning playing a package that would require states to provide data on the use of no-knock warrants, but Paul's proposal goes even further. House Democrats have proposed their own bill that would reform police training, make lynching a federal crime because murdering someone is not already illegal. We have to make it more illegal because of the color of their skin. Now, is it lynching when I get in a fight with someone? who happens to be a different color's skin pigmentation? Is it, or is it only lynching when a mob of people kill somebody for no good reason because they presume, because it's an act of vigilante justice that isn't so? <laughs> Pardon me. But anyways... Anyways, you know, I think the no-knock warrant, getting rid of those, it's a good idea. Or if, if even if not getting rid of them, just being very, very double extrajudicious. I mean, it was, it was a no-knock warrant that led to the standoff at Waco, you know, back in 1994. Wow, is it that long ago already? Wow. That's what started off, a no-knock warrant, because, oh, there's felons on this compound who have guns, and we think they're trying to buy grenades and other, and build illegal things. That's a no-knock warrant that led to all that. But we we all want the best for the world. Unfortunately, some of the ideas that some people have are not the best. Erasing history, erasing works of literature, movies, because you don't like their content. How many of these liberal yuppies would be shocked to hear that one of their great progressive legends, Woodrow Wilson, actually screened The Birth of a Nation you know, that that uh, old, old movie about the uh, rise of the KKK. You know, the KKK that Woodrow Wilson's father helped start. How many of those liberal yuppies who are out wanting all this stuff banned because it portrays black people bad? Oh, the vapors. How many of those people would be shocked to hear that Birth of a Nation was screened in the White House? You tell them that, they'll probably, oh, it's probably Donald Trump's favorite movie. Like, no, it was Woodrow Wilson. You know, the that notorious racist who resegregated the United States military. Fic the only way to fix this is to confront it head on, not to hide the bad stuff. I mean... If you see a woman with a crap ton of foundation around one eye and a puffy cheekbone, 
No, no amount of makeup was going to cover up the fact she got punched in the face. More than likely by a domestic partner. Her situation is not going to be fixed by putting a crap ton of makeup over that shiner. It's going to be fixed by confronting the issue. And America's got a hell of a black eye called slavery. America has warts and scars and all kinds of nastiness in its past. We can't whitewash history. We can't make it all sunshine lollipops and we were so good to everybody. We had horrible, horrible people who did horrible, horrible things in this country's past. We had men who were heroes who they have very complicated racial histories. Does that mean they're evil because Thomas Jefferson inherited slaves and the British crown said made it to where it was damn near impossible for him to liberate his slaves? That doesn't make him bad. It just makes him have a complicated history. No man is perfect. No woman is perfect. That's the only way we're going to move through, move ahead as a country is by acknowledging our imperfections and working to be better. Unleashing cancel culture on the stuff we don't like in society does not fix it. It just puts makeup over the shiner. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening this week. I've had a lot to get off my chest. I actually went a little longer than I expected. But thank you all so much for listening. If you're liking the show, need you do if you're listening on iTunes, need you to do four things. Do four things. Number one, subscribe. That way you get the notification either later tonight or sometime tomorrow when it gets published. Number two, I need you to leave a five-star rating. You leave that five-star rating, it helps the algorithms find more people like you who may actually want to listen to me. Once you've given that five-star rating, leave a nice review. That way when it pops up somebody's like suggested podcast, they go, oh, everybody seems to like this guy, except for that one. There's always that one guy. And finally, the fourth thing you can do, Share it. Send this link to a friend. Go, hey, I think you'll like what this guy has to say. Or better yet, because I love spreading hate and discontent amongst the world, send it to someone who's going to absolutely hate me just to get under their skin. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, use me. Use me as a weapon to get to get Eve with your liberal friends for their stupidity. I don't care. I'm proud to be a tool for the aggravating of liberal people not stop laughing over there no you look like an idiot <sighs> but anyways thanks again uh also support the show i had the commercial for the merch shop go to relentlessdaring.com slash shop check out the merch there got the hats t-shirts hoodies neat stuff check it out also if you if you want to donate to the show because right now i'm using some totally Awesome in your monitors came from awesome supporters like you who donate to the show. I can actually hear well. I can I can get true sound of what's coming through the microphone. It's amazing. It beats the janky beat up piece of garbage Sony headphones 
that I was using by a mile. And I can't do this stuff without donations and contributions from folks like you. So if you go to RelentlessDaring.com, at the top of the page, at the bottom of the page, you will see a link to donate. So you can donate via PayPal. You can set up a one-time donation. You can set up a recurring donation. Either or, it's everything is truly appreciated. Again, thank you all so very much. And as always, stay relentless. <laughs>